Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And oh, look who it is to start the show today. He's an author. He's a broadcaster. He's a provocateur. And now we can say it for real. He might be the next mayor of the city of Indianapolis. Abdul Hakeem Shabazz. How are you, my friend? Doing good. Uh, glad glad to be here today. A little bit earlier uh, than we usually are. Uh, but yes, uh, after months of consternation and chatting and polling and uh, data, I decided to throw my hat in the ring and announce my candidacy for the mayor of Hill Valley, California. <laughs> for those of you who don't know what Hill Valley, California is, that was the town in the Back to the Future films. And if you go back to the diner scene where Marty McFly got beat up by Biff and all the rest of the guys and the, and the, the, the African-American who was working there, like, you could be mayor. That's right. A colored mayor. That'll be the day. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm going to clean up this towel. Here's a broom. Get started. Well, you are here with an actual big announcement. What is it? Uh, yeah, we are uh, officially at 11 o'clock this morning. We will be throwing our hat into the ring uh, for the mayor of the city of Indianapolis. I love it. I think it's great. So why? Why are you doing this? Uh, city's hope. The city needs direction. And I feel like we've been just sort of wanderingly, aimlessly drifting. I mean, granted, we had the pandemic in there. So that you know, a once in a hundred year event, which I totally, completely uh, understand how that could throw things off a bit, but if any it doesn't feel like it's on track, whether yeah. it's whether it's a crime situation, whether it's the roads, just whether it's just sort of the, the attitude in general. And I think part of that leadership comes from the 25th floor. And I think it's, you know, just after eight years, you know, eight is, eight is enough. Why, uh, when you looked at you being the person to do this, right? Because I know you didn't come to this decision li- lightly. Why did you say, I'm the guy that can address the things you just talked about. Well, I looked around at the, I looked around at the field to see who was getting in, because obviously that's one of the things you do when you look at race, who's, who's your competition going to be. And I looked at uh, the Republican side, and a lot of uh, my friends like Ryan Vaughn, former city council president, chief of staff for the mayor, uh, head of the sports corporation, uh, he said he wasn't going to get in. So someone like that I'd have gladly stepped aside for, because he's good friend really smart guy you were looking for someone good who you believed could do the things or, or address the things you just talked about yeah and then i've got a mirror <laughs> like why not it's like dick cheney when he was looking for his head of the vice president of the president search yeah. committee like hey i'll be vice president yeah so now you've never run for public office before so i'm totally curious the actual process you went through to finally say, okay, I'm going to do this. Uh, the first thing I did was I spoke to my lovely wife, wife, the lovely Mrs. Shabazz. How'd that go? Uh, the the first <laughs> the the first two words out of her mouth, I said, "Honey, I'm thinking about running for mayor." Were Negro, please. And then she walked away, like which is usually how most of our conversations uh-huh. conversations sure. start. Uh, but then I like convinced her, like at dinner, like, "Hey, sweetie, how's your day?" Blah blah. And I'm thinking about running for mayor. It's like, "Okay, fine. Go do your exploratory committee. Just keep me out of your mess." Yeah. Yes, dear. No She worries. wasn't taking you serious. No. Uh, she First of all, she was like, first of all, why would you want to be mayor? Yeah. It's a thankless job. People just complain all day. And by the way, fix those potholes out there, too. <laughs> like, okay. Okay, great. <laughs> why don't you show me what you bring to the table by fixing the one on our street? Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, 
spoke to the wife, uh, put my uh, sort of informal team together, formed an exploratory committee, uh, spoke, to, spoke to a lot of Hoosiers, a lot of folks in Indianapolis, all, all parts of the city, Republicans and uh, Democrats and Libertarians for that matter. And whenever I told them I was thinking about running for mayor, it's how their eyes just lit up. Yeah. They were like excited. Uh, perfect example, I had a, uh, on my website, abdulforandy.com, obviously, abdulforandy.com. Always getting that website plug in and you're doing it already. I like that. Yep, abdulforandy.com. Is just, it a just, four? Just, Is it a- Yeah, number four. Abdul4indy.com. Yeah. A, a very nice lady, I want to say from the Far East side, she donated $5. Yeah. She said, Abdul, I'd love to give more, but that's all I can afford to give right now. I really want you to, to do this and really want you to be mayor. And it's for people like that who are limited means, don't have a lot to give, and just want to feel better about where they live. Let's start with crime, because I think that is the issue. Now, there are obviously many other issues when you talk about a major metropolitan city, but crime is the issue, and it has gotten so bad, especially, I mean, it was bad before, but especially since 2020, how do you, how do you start? What do you do? Well, uh, first of all, I think it comes from leadership and making the city a clear message that we're not going to put up with this crap anymore, period. There, there are people we're mad at and there are people we're afraid of. The people we're mad at, we need to you know, obviously do an alternative form of sentencing to, to get them back on the right track, which, which is offender reentry and some other things and uh, with probation. But people we're afraid of, they need to go away and be put away forever. Because my thing is this. Uh, it's, it's a line that Mike Pence used, which I've kind of stole for a little bit because, you know, good politicians borrow, but great politicians steal. <laughs> well, and that's the way radio works, too, right? Plagiarism is the greatest form of flattery. Exactly. Uh, Indianapolis, Marion County should be the worst place to commit a crime, but the best place to get a second chance. Yeah. However, a third, fourth, and fifth chance, right. not so much because we got the revolving door yeah. at, at, at the jail. Yeah. Uh, Abdul is our guest announcing his run for the mayor of the city of Indianapolis. Is this, is crime a, are we way off on crime? What I mean by this is, because we always hear Joe Hawks that say, well, we threw X amount of dollars or Y amount of dollars. Just throwing money at a problem doesn't make it go away. You got to wisely throw money at the problem. So my question to you on this is, is it just management or do we need a total overhaul of how we're doing things? I think, I think, it's, a little, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, because if, if if all it took to solve a problem was to throw money at it, poverty would have been yeah. gone a long time ago. Yeah, and and everything would have been fine. But obviously, throwing money at an issue is not enough. And I, I think it takes more than money. I think it takes people knowing, you know, that that the leadership that they elected to to run the city is actually going to do it, and they're going to hold that leadership uh, accountable. Like I said, uh, only twenty seven percent of Indianapolis citizens think the city's on the on the right track, and only thirty three percent think Joe should get a third term. With, with with data like that, there there's something wrong, and there's an opportunity there for somebody to, to step up and run the show. Abdul is our guest, talking about his run for the mayor of the city of Indianapolis. He'll file today, 11 o'clock, he said, right? We appreciate you letting us break the story. That's very nice of you. Uh, you mentioned something that I think is very interesting, and I felt this last night, and I feel this all the time here. My wife and I were downtown having dinner. We were driving home. This was, I don't know, reasonable hour, like 7.30. So we're not talking about you know midnight or 1 in the morning. And we were driving home, and she made the point, there's nothing here. Like, there's nothing going on. This city looks depressing. And when you and I first started uh, hanging out and running around together 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was, Indianapolis wasn't that place. You felt good about the city. You felt good about being out. As long as you didn't go certain places, you felt reasonably safe. It's depressing to be here right now. It is. And that's where, like I said, 
the, the city leadership comes in. Uh, if I may quote a, a Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, 1980s-type reference, uh, there's a malaise over the city of Indianapolis. And it's, it's like Pigpen and, 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 and Charlie Brown. He's got that cloud of crap just around you wherever wherever you go. And somebody needs to like, hey, Pigpen, we need, we need to go shower you off a little bit. Can I think you, I'm the person that can do it. Can you do that? How do you do that, right? Is it just, you know, is it like Reagan, it's morning again in America, and you look at this guy and you just believe in him so much that it sort of makes itself happen? How do you do that? How do you get people to believe in a city again? A, it's a, it's, uh, a, it's leadership. It's, it's just that. you got to make people feel good and sort of reach them where they are. Yeah. you also got to hire good people, good smart people, good quality people, and people who are going to listen. Uh, because that's that's one thing, that's one complaint I hear uh, about the administration, they don't listen. They don't listen to businesses. They don't listen uh, to neighborhood groups. They're just sort of going through through the motions. Uh, perfect example, uh, I don't know if you saw the story on Fox 9 about the 16-foot pothole <laughs> that was in front of a person's business, 16 feet wide, a foot a foot deep. Somebody should probably get on that. Uh, yeah, I, it, it, was, it was a story on it. And the city's response was, well, they're not a main street, so they'll have to wait until we get yeah. this fixed. Like, wait a second, this is a 16-foot pothole yeah. that is a foot deep surely you can bend the rules a little bit to get that to get that covered up are are uh, are you when you think about your place in this city is being what you would be the first black mayor of the city of indianapolis is that a big deal um i think i think for some people it is i think it shows that once again uh indianapolis can make uh progress but then again i'd be the first black mayor the first you know raised Islamic mayor, and the first mayor with a Superman and Alpha Sigma Chi I love how you worded that. Tattoo. Raised Islamic. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, hey, I love bacon in my scars. I'm not giving those up. And my scotch. And I also got a uh, Superman tattoo and a uh, Jesuit Honor Society tattoo. So uh, eventually you could you could break things down into categories that every, anybody who would be a mayor yeah. would be a unique uh, candidate. Um, I cannot ignore the historical precedent that I would set if we did it. Uh, which is why I would do what my parents always said, which is don't embarrass us. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about that because obviously your your dad was a patriot, served this country, uh, a member of the military. They were law-abiding citizens. You know, your 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 parents were phenomenal people. And I experience this as the older I get, the more you're aware of the sacrifices your parents made for you to have the opportunities that you do, and you almost feel more pressure as you get older. Which sounds weird than you did when you were a kid to not let your parents down. Yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, 33, 33 years ago, uh, this uh, summer, we moved back from Europe. And when we came back, we came to Indianapolis because my grandmother was sick and lived in Champaign. So my mom wanted to be close close to her. Uh, and I remember we were there for the Goldsmith uh, mayoral race. And my mom and I would just watch the returns that night. Well, I was like, son, that's going to be you someday. Like, what, the news anchor guy or the mayor guy? <laughs> It's like probably the mayor guy. Uh, Abdul's with us. A couple minutes left with him talking about his run for the mayor of the city in Indianapolis. I, obviously, being very close with you, I'm very excited you're doing this. I'm very excited for our city, but I'm also very excited for myself as a broadcaster because you will not be boring. No. This will be probably the most fun campaign in the history of this city. As, and as, we need that. As, as I told my lovely wife when, we, when I convinced her to marry me, like, sweetie... <laughs> You won't always be happy, but I promise you, you'll never be bored. <laughs> and that she, has, she hasn't always been happy, <laughs> Yeah, but she's never been bored. Let's face it, the overwhelming uh, amount of campaigns, by overwhelming, I mean like 99%, are incredibly boring. Yep. They're exactly. not even really, they're hard to cover because they're so boring. We have to try to make them interesting. Which is the nice thing about having covered politics, uh, and actually been an actor and a comedian, you know how to relate and connect with people, individuals, and, and also teaching, you know how to keep their attention. Yeah. So all those skills come in handy 
uh, for this job. Are you nervous about the shoe being on the other foot? And what I mean by this is, like, I went the opposite way, right? Like, I mean, I did radio, but then I did politics, and then went back to radio. So when I do things the way I do them that anger people sometimes, I say, look, I expected people to do this to me, to hold me accountable. I expected to be asked hard questions. I expected people to come to meetings and sometimes say not-so-nice things about me. So I don't feel bad doing it as a broadcaster because I didn't complain about it when I was the elected person. Are you, is that going to be weird for you having the shoe on the other foot? Um, it, it'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a little bit of a different role. I mean, I have been on that side of the fence before when I worked for the Illinois That's right, yeah. Attorney General. For but a, you weren't the guy. No, I wasn't the guy. No, I was just the guy who made sure the guy didn't mess yeah. up. And yeah, what didn't... was that guy in House of Cards? Stamper. Wasn't yeah. that his name? Were you the Stamper guy? Anyway, yeah, you're the dude now. You're yeah. the guy. So, uh, so yeah, there, there's a little bit of that. And like I said, my life is pretty much an open book, so anybody wants to find something yeah. about me, you can just go on the internet. By the way, I'm dualfriendy.com if you really want to do something <laughs> online. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, don't, I don't worry about it. I mean, it comes with the territory, and just got to be ready to answer the questions. My thing is, like, don't lie. Yeah. Just keep your integrity. Yeah. And if you don't know, like, hey, guys, you know what? I don't know about that, but tell you what, we'll check on it. We'll find out. We'll get back to you. It's when you lie. It's when people don't trust you. When people don't trust you, that's when everything goes south. That You are, like, the only campaign that I can envision in which Rob Kendall and Eric Holcomb might actually agree on something. This is this is what a strong candidate you are, right out of the gate. Actually, uh, our good friend Micah Beckwith and another <laughs> and a very, very liberal, progressive, like far left, almost borderline communist friend, both said Abdul, whatever we can do. Yeah. Well the city need the city needs something different, and I think you're the guy. All right, we got to let you go because I know you got to go do the filing. By the way, I told you, you're not getting that donation until you officially file because <laughs> knowing you, you could get hit by a briefcase full of money walking over there. Actually, a safe. Thank you very much. <laughs> what uh, People want to know more about you in the meantime. How can they uh, How can they do that? Abdul for Indy.com, number four. Abdul for Indy, A-B-D-U-L for Indy.com. Uh, the one and only Abdul Aqib Shabazz. Good luck, my friend. Hey, thank you. 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey Show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Casey. Yes. Question. Yes. Very serious question. Okay. If you had to choose mm-hmm. between jamming yourself between the eyes with an ice pick <laughs> or spending three hours or more mm-hmm. out on the town with Mike Braun or Joe Manchin, which one would you choose? Well, I would hang out with Joe Manchin and Mike Braun and make them pay for any adult beverages. These, these two guys, Braun and Manchin, are mm-hmm. on Fox News right now together, yeah. mm-hmm. and they combined have the dynamic <laughs> nature of a potted plant. You know, uh, Mike Braun's actually smiling, but Joe Manchin looks like me trying to get in here this morning, half asleep. What? What do you think a social <laughs> gathering with Mike Braun and Joe Manchin is like? Well, have you noticed that Mike Braun 
Sean has been much more visible lately in the past month. Does that work in his favor? Since he's announced that he's running for governor. It's like, Mike Braun's everywhere. Have you ever seen Mike Braun and been like, man, he would be a blast to hang out with? dude is a good time. Like, we just had Abdul on. And I have no (laughs) idea, is Abdul going to be a good candidate, a bad candidate for mayor? I don't know. But the point is, and I can tell you from personal experience, Mm -hmm. Abdul is a roaring good time to hang out with. Abdul likes to hang out at Nikki Blaine's, have himself a nice cigar, a nice bourbon. Do you think think Mike Braun has ever been wasted stumbling down the street of Broad (laughs) Ripple Avenue? Do we think that has ever happened? You know what? If he has, I bet he was drinking something top (laughs) Let's just leave it there. Yeah, Mike Braun, unlike uh, me and Kevin, Mike Braun doesn't pick the bar we go to based on what drink specials are available. Right, how much the picture of Long Island iced teas are. (laughs) He doesn't care. It is 26 minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. By the way, I wanted to mention, Rob, you did a really good job uh, with Abdul. Thanks. It's my interviewing is my one talent. (laughs) Well, it was nice. Uh, and so it's official. Our, our friend Abdul is running yes. for mayor of Indy. He will at least be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I think that, look, these politicians, and Mike and I were talking about this yesterday. These politicians are boring. The overwhelming number of these politicians, I cannot tell you what a drag it would be to have to spend significant amount of time with them. It's like these politicians, you know, think they're doing us some disservice because they're too afraid to come on the show. You're not hurting us. Most of the time when we have politicians on, our ratings go down because you people suck and you aren't entertaining at all. Bring your personality with you. At least Abdul is going to give us something fun to talk about on a daily basis. Hey, let's take a look at some uh, stories that are trending this morning. Lionsgate has announced that Jafar, the 26-year-old son of Jermaine Jackson, is going to play the legendary singer in an upcoming Michael Jackson biopic, Michael. So when you're looking to cast the role of Michael Jackson, stay within the family. Look at these pictures. Yeah, he looks just like him. A younger version. Boy, he sure does, doesn't he? Yeah. Also trending, uh, did you see Donald Trump endorsed Jim Banks? Uh, Yes. And my favorite part of this was Jim Banks declared Donald Trump the greatest president in his lifetime. Mm -hmm. Now, Donald Trump was fine pre-COVID, but apparently in Jim Banks' eyes, spending $5 trillion of printed money we don't have makes you the greatest president in his lifetime. And trying to uh, demand people get an experimental vaccine, which may or may not be severely harming some people now, makes you the greatest president ever. I don't know, Casey. I get the pandering, which is what Jimmy's doing now. That's why he kissed the ring finger of Kevin McCarthy 15 times and now saying Trump, who printed $5 trillion during COVID, is the greatest president of his lifetime. I think Reagan might be a little higher. I don't know, ending communism, restoring confidence in America again, reviving the American economy. I don't know. I think if we're honest brokers here, Reagan's just a little bit. Just a little bit above Trump. By the way, Jim is welcome to come on the show. Mm -hmm. He will come on every other show on this station except for ours. And Jim was supposed to be a big, tough military guy. It's so weird that he's petrified of a little bitty broadcaster. So Donald Trump said Jim Banks is running for the United States Senate from the great state of Indiana. I know Jim well. Have seen him tested at the highest and most difficult levels and win. Strong on the border, crime, our military, and our vets. Jim will fight for low taxes and regulations. Sanity in 
and government and under siege Second Amendment. Jim Banks is respected by all, will never let you down, and has my complete he's a ri- and total endorsement. He's a, Exclamation point. He's a rickroll. He'll never give you up. He'll never let you down. <laughs> also trending, Beyonce. She has announced a 2023 Renaissance World Tour. And finally this morning, Pennsylvania's most famous groundhog, Punxsutawney Phil, saw his shadow predicting six more weeks of winter. Phil is correct 39% of the time. It is 929. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hey, selling homes in today's market is tougher, but the outlook is improving. Interest rates have lowered and homes are selling. If you've been on the sidelines, now may be the time to sell. Talk to the agent I trust and recommend, Mark Deedle. Maybe you're worried that you missed the boat on selling for maximum price. Mark Deedle guarantees an offer on your home in three days or it's listed for free. Get maximum convenience and maximum sales price. Hey, listen to what Judy and Greenfield had to say about working with Mark Deedle. I was moving out of town and needed to sell fast. I also needed all my equity for my new place, so I needed a great price. I called Mark Deedle and his team went above and beyond to market my home like crazy. Home sold in nine days at list price. Call the agent I trust and recommend for the details. Mark Deedle guarantees an offer in three days for full market value or it's listed for free. Call Mark Deedle at 317-755-4232 or go online to markdeedle.com. That's Mark, D-I-E-T-E-L.com. It's 9.35. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So FBI agents searched the Rehoboth, Delaware Beach House of President Biden. They were there for three hours, found no documents marked classified. However, they did take some papers, some handwritten notes that appeared to be related to Biden's time as vice president. The search was planned and consensual. Everybody agreed about it. Isn't that how they do it? Like with the, you know, most criminals, a planned and consensual Mm -hmm. search. Hey, we're going to go search your place. (laughs) Just a reminder, Biden was there, what, a week before, 10 days before. (laughs) He knew they were coming. Let me go tidy up really quick. Get those dirty dishes out of the sink because the FBI's coming. Okay. I I love this that, well, we didn't find any more classified documents. Of course, we told him a week ago we were coming. Is is it that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is it that is that how they got Dillinger? They told him a week ahead of time they were coming for him there outside the theater in uh, in Chicago. So I, I love this. So Ian Sams is kind of like the B team right. spokesman for mm-hmm. Biden. He's mm-hmm. popping up more and more. So he got asked yesterday uh, about how long Biden knew that this search was coming and he, he won't answer. Yeah, I'm not going to speak to sort of the negotiations or discussions or uh, uh, collaborations between the president's personal attorney and DOJ in establishing the search. We're cooperating fully with the the Justice Department. We're cooperating fully with the Justice Department and ensuring that they have access to the House, uh, the Rehoboth House today, the Wilmington House uh, previously to. Did, isn't that how they in that how they caught Gacy? They negotiated searching his crawl space, and they I, just left those bodies laying around in I there. Mean, he said, w- w- "I'm not going to speak to the negotiations or discussions. Are they holding documents captive? They're negotiating. Let the documents out." By the way, it was Robert Hur's first official day on the job. You know, the special counsel that Biden yes. doesn't know anything about. And, and this is really proof. Like, think about it in your life. If you were accused of a crime. Did they go to you and go, hey, we think you've got evidence in 
place A, B, or C, and we'd like to negotiate with you when we can come in and search place A, B, and C. Or do they just get a warrant and unexpectedly beat down your door mm-hmm. and start searching place A, B, and C? And there are two. There are two Americas, Casey. Right? There is an America for people like Joe Biden, and then there's an America for people like us. Well, the agents did not have a search warrant for this one. They apparently. They didn't need one because it was consensual. Come on in, look around. They were there from 8.30 in the morning till about noon. All right, so uh, more from this guy, Ian Sams, Biden's spokesperson. Mm -hmm. He will not say if there's any more classified documents to be found. Look, the Justice Department is engaged in an ongoing investigation, an ongoing investigation, I should add, that the president has been fully cooperative in, offering unprecedented access to his home in Wilmington, to his home, every single room of his home in Rehoboth, as well as the one in Wilmington, uh, and and giving them access to the information they need. He's moving quickly to get them the information that they need. I'm going to be really careful not to characterize what the Justice Department is doing in their investigation, probably more appropriate for a question like that to be asked of the Justice Department. So I would point you to them. The pre- these okay. guys these guys are really good at not answering the He's good at not, Corinne Jean-Pierre sucks at not answering the question. Well, she's the, just de- deferring and referring at this point. This guy's really good at it. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, he's saying a lot and not saying anything, which is what you should want from your press secretary. <laughs> Didn't Corinne Jean-Pierre tell us that the search was over two weeks ago, by yes, the way? Yes, and there were no more documents to yeah, be found. Yeah, but then yeah, uh, keep then, on going. Then he also got asked, he being Ian Sams, Biden's spokesperson, was also asked if uh, any other properties, because you know, Biden on a government salary of some has somehow managed to multiple buy houses. multiple homes and nice cars and mm-hmm. you know things like that. But that, that another conversation for another day. Uh, we'll not say if any other properties associated with Biden have been searched. Uh, look, I think we're providing information as this goes on and answering questions about the, the search activities as they've been happening. I don't want to speak too much to the DOJ's practices in an ongoing investigation. So I can say, you know, that, that we have cooperated fully. The president's personal attorneys have provided information to DOJ. We've addressed openly and directly the uh, searches that were conducted uh, first at the president's Wilmington residence and then today uh, at the Rehoboth residence. You saw in the statement that was released by the president's personal attorney, for example, that no documents with classified markings were found in Rehoboth today. And so, you know, we're going to continue to try to provide information as this investigation goes on and ensure that you guys have the ability to share with the American people sort of the information uh, that, that that is important for them to see as, as the president's cooperating with this investigation. And so I don't so I want to be very careful to respect the integrity of that investigation, not speak too much to the Justice Department's decision making and, and their activities. But as it's appropriate, like we did today, if we have information to share about activities that have been conducted, we will do that. So the House Judiciary Committee Chair, Jim Jordan, asked for any of the information that they found into the probe, and the Justice Department said, no, sorry, we're not going to share that with you. So the question is, who are these guys? The DOJ, the FBI, nobody elected them. They went to college, they filled out resumes, and now they're determining the course of the country by telling or not telling what they do or don't have. I mean, a fifth grader could connect these dots, don't you think? It is the, what you know, Trump called it the swamp. You call it the cabal. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But there, the reality is there are nameless, faceless bureaucrats who are not in front of cameras or in news reports or whatever who decide who lives and who dies, sometimes literally. But in this case, we're talking politically because they they get to decide how the cards get get dealt, right? Mm-hmm. And in the case of Joe Biden, let's negotiate a time 
weeks and adv- weeks, you know, for over weeks or however long it took, where you know we're coming and you can go or can have someone go or whatever, mm-hmm. do whatever you need to do, Clean and then, then we'll go in there and say, well, it's, it's we all, didn't find it. There was nothing here, Casey. Yes. When we come back, mm-hmm. Bill Gates' wife gave yeah. an interview yesterday, mm-hmm. and it, I, I was floored. I was floored by this interview. She says she met Epstein in person. Mm-hmm. She talks about Gates' relationship, or she won't answer some things, or declines to answer some things about Gates' relationship with Epstein. I, I was amazed she gave this interview. Yeah, it was with uh, Gail King on CBS, and we've got it coming up from 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It's 946. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It was the divorce heard round the world. Bill Gates said that he regretted having dinners with Jeffrey Epstein. That happened in an interview with an Australian reporter. He said, I will say for over a hundredth time, I shouldn't have had dinners with him. And uh, according to the New York Times, Gates began meeting with Epstein in 2011 after Epstein was convicted of sex crimes in Florida. And Melinda Gates... That's big, right? Yeah, I mean, like, he had already been convicted of crimes, and Bill Gates still met with him post. Because it's one thing to say, you know, like, again, like a Ted Bundy. Oh, he seemed like such a nice boy, right? Uh, I didn't know, though. But this, you know, Or or, or John Gacy. There were people who knew that Gacy had been convicted of sex offenses in, I believe it was Iowa, before he moved to Illinois, but there were a lot of people who also didn't know, but that was the pre-internet era, and why would you know? So it's one thing to go, I never saw that coming. John was such a nice guy. He gave everybody jobs. But if you know mm-hmm. somebody is, is has been whatever, accused, convicted, accused is a little different, but still, you're Bill Gates, mm-hmm. right? It's not like you're some schmo on the street. You're Bill freaking Gates. You're one of those powerful, most richest people in the entire world. You don't do anything you are not directly interested in doing. Like, Casey, we get this all the time. Like, you got to meet with with this person or you got to go to this meeting or whatever. You don't necessarily want to do it, but we're poor. So we have to do what our, you know, what we're told to do. It's part of the job. Bill Gates doesn't have to do anything that doesn't directly benefit Bill Gates. Right. He doesn't have to go if he doesn't want to go. It's not like he's getting something out of it. It's and not what, like he's getting a check written. He didn't need it. And what would be the reason to meet with Jeffrey Epstein if you're Bill Gates? It's not like, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeffrey Epstein has some in, intimate background in software development or computers or like, mm-hmm. what reason would there be for Bill Gates knowing what he should have known? He's Bill Gates. Again, it's not like he's meeting with randos. 
why would you do that? I mean, these are very interesting questions to, to, to ask. Curiosity, perhaps. Well, Melinda Gates sat down with an interview with Gail Kim from CBS, and she said, yeah, those meetings with Epstein, they contributed to their divorce, which was finalized in 2021. And let's take a listen to what she had to say about it. You know, it was also widely reported that Bill had a a friendship or business or some kind of contact with Jeffrey Epstein and that you were not, uh, that that was very upsetting to you. Did that play a role in in the divorce at all in this process? Yeah, as I said, it's not one thing. It was many things. But I did not like uh, that he'd had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you made that clear to him? I made that clear to him. I also met Jeffrey Epstein exactly one time. Did you? Yes, because I wanted to see who this man was. And um, I regretted it from the second I stepped in the door. He was abhorrent. He was evil personified. I had nightmares about it afterwards. So, you know, my heart breaks for these young women because that's how I felt. And here I'm an older woman. My God, I feel terrible for those young women. It's awful. You felt that the moment you walked in. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And you shared that with Bill and he still continued to spend time with him? Any of the questions remaining about what Bill's relationship there was, those are for Bill to answer. Okay. (laughs) What do you think he's going to say? He's already denied that they didn't have a relationship. And Bill Gates said that they were dinner. And now Melinda Gates is saying they were meetings. Okay, so there's so much to to unravel with this. Okay, first of all, she's horrific because you're now speaking up. You met with someone who you thought was evil personified. You're the wife of Bill Gates. You have unlimited resources. You basically say here you were afraid for these young women and you did nothing. (laughs) Well, Jenny didn't want Forrest Gump until he had Bubba Gump shrimp money. I mean, so for her to act now like, oh, I met with this guy and he was awful and he was horrific. You had unlimited ability to bring attention to this guy who you thought was doing or suspected was doing terrible things. What'd you do? She did nothing. Okay. All that into, so that brings everything she's saying right into question. Also the fact that she will at the, at the end, at the end there, she refuses to basically like, I'm going to leave that up for him Mm -hmm. to discuss, but you're here doing an interview Mm -hmm. and you clearly wanted us to know that you met with the guy and by the way Casey you're again the wife of Bill Gates you have unlimited money you can do whatever you want to do are you going to be willingly seeking to hang out with someone who you've whatever it is you know and I'm I'm, you know I'm trying to summarize here but you've heard is creepy or Mm -hmm. weird Mm -hmm. or it could be a you know a, a heathen you know I mean are you doing that if you're the wife of Bill Gates and you have those reasons? I call bull crap on a whole bunch of this. You don't think it's just post-divorce mudslinging? Well, I, I don't... He I, said, what, she said. Well, it, it could be, but that's my point. I'm calling bull crap on a whole bunch of this because e- even if it's real, she had... The, even if everything she's saying is actually true, she had the ability mm-hmm. for this guy who basically you are led to believe she he was doing terrible things... And what, you just do nothing? I'll just keep my mouth shut. 
Well, I don't know what's worse, her lying about it or fabricating about it or not, or not, or not doing anything about it. Well, she said in the interview, though, that she told Bill she wasn't happy about it, didn't want a meeting anymore, but he continued on. Well, she sure got no problem doing TV interviews now. <laughs> well, sometimes when you're gaslit for long t- periods of time, it takes a while for you to see the real person. Or she got a divorce settlement and got all the money. <laughs> well, there's that angle, too. Uh, look, I mean, you, th- th- there's a difference between being gaslit by people in a marriage or a relationship or your friends or whatever, and you claiming you met with someone who you allude to that you they're creepy, they're weird, they're whatever, and obviously she was keen that there were these young girls, it appears, running around there, and you don't do anything about it? Yeah. But now you're willing to go on CBS after the guy's and dead say and talk how about offended it? offended you were? Uh, Gates has denied that there was any relationship between Epstein and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So why is she doing an interview? Is she trying to clear her name? Is she... She doesn't need to. I mean, yeah, people are curious. They want to look inside, see what's going on. Ooh, what happened? But she could just say no and move on. She went on to say how she's happy with her life now. I would be too if I got her money. (laughs) Well, right. (laughs) But she doesn't need to talk to anybody. No. She can be happy with her life privately. She she is. I found this just, I found this pretty gross, Casey, because again, either she didn't do anything when she observed this guy who apparently she suspected was doing bad things Mm -hmm. when she had every ability to do something about it. Well, she probably loved him still at some point. Who, Bill Gates? Yes. I mean, they were married. They had children. They had a long relationship together. Casey, what does that have to do with if you meet with someone who you think gives you this terribly creepy vibe, you're concerned about these, you know, young people what, what does that have to do with whether you loved your husband or not? We're talking about... We're trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But maybe. it's not him, Casey. We're talking about she claims she met with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Bill Gates giving him the benefit of the doubt has nothing to do with meeting with Jeffrey Epstein and believing... You're saying she should have spoke up on yes, behalf of the girls. Absolutely. It, yeah. it, and for her to come out now and go, oh, I met with him and it he was He was just- creepy dude. It's a little little late to the party. Yeah, I yeah. just these people all disgust me. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Do you want to talk about JLo? Does oh, she disgust you? Sure. Uh, well, not like this. <laughs> I mean, her money, her, the wealth she has that I don't may disgust me. Okay, so she listed her stunning nine-bedroom Bel Air mansion. It has a 100-seat outdoor amphitheater. She put it on the market for $42.5 million. So she originally <laughs> bought the property seven years ago for 28 million but now she's listing it for 42 and a half apparently it's not big enough for her and ben and their (laughs) blended five children family 13 bathrooms 13 bathrooms an infinity edge pool what is that do you know what that is 13 bathrooms that's a lot to clean no 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 an infinity edge pool what is that is this supposed to be so is that a better pool it's yeah it's a it's like one of those really cool it's like at the edge of a cliff or something Mm -hmm. and it looks like it's endless oh for uh, oh yes okay that's what those are called okay and so it's not like one of those circular pools that uh come out of the ground and are moved in backyards no yeah no no but going forward she's no longer allowed to be Referred as Jenny from the Block. She may have started there, but she's so removed she's, from that it's not authentic she, at all. She's Jenny from the Blocks, plural, because that's how many how many she owns. <laughs> right, multiple blocks. It is nine fifty six. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Good morning.